0: So welcome, welcome, welcome one, welcome all. We're so glad for everybody who's tuned in, however you're listening to the message. Always a joy to pinch hit for pastors. He and Mrs. Hagan get a little bit of rest, and, and the rest they get is short, and it's well-deserved. So we love our pastors, and we're always glad when they're able to get a little, uh, little refreshment. So amen. Well, let me start out with a funny tonight before we talk about a serious subject. Um, we, uh, the, the story is told of a husband and a wife who'd been married for 60 years. 60 years. Never had a secret between them in all 60 years. Except that there was a shoebox in the wife's closet and she had forbade her husband to ever even peek in that shoebox during that 60 year period. But then on her deathbed She told her, her sweetie, to go get that shoe box that he had never been allowed to look into. And so with her agreement, he opened up the box and looked inside. And on the inside of the shoe box was a crocheted doll and $95,000 in cash. And with tenderness, talking to his wife, she was on her deathbed. He said to her, honey, he said what's up with this crocheted doll and she said well 60 years ago before we were ever married my mama told me that the secret to a happy marriage was never to argue and so she said my mama told me baby whenever you get upset with your man just crochet a doll and that made him very excited cuz he thought oh that was mama's advice sixty years ago there's only one doll in the box she only been mad at me one time in 60 years. And he was feeling pretty good. But he said, well, what's the $95,000 doing in the box? She said, oh, that's the money I made from crocheting all those dolls. (laughs) Tonight, for a few moments, we're going to talk about the subject of conflict resolution conflict resolution. We all have to deal with conflict resolution. Some people have different personalities and they rather meet conflict head on. Like a bull in a China shop. Other people kind of shy away from conflict. But it doesn't matter how we meet conflict, whether we run to it or whether we resist it, we all face conflict of some type. It's conflict down there on the job. You get down on the job, you find that you don't agree with everybody and everybody don't agree with you. It's conflict a lot of time in homes between husbands and wives and teenagers and their parents and young folks can be conflict at home. And there can be conflict even with those you serve in ministry with can be there can be conflict. And um, the Bible says in Psalm 133, how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. And that's what God wants us to do. God wants, he wants us in our life to have unity. The Bible says this about the Lord Jesus and and 2 Thessalonians said this, he's the Lord of peace, 2 Thessalonians 3.16. The the Lord Jesus, he's the Lord of peace. He's the great resolver of conflict. So tonight what I want to do, What we feel led to do is just to, I'm gonna share three stories out of the word, three different situations where there was conflict. And uh, once we read those, we'll go back and I'll add just a few points to each story of uh, how to resolve conflict. We all face it, we all have to deal with it. Tonight, we're gonna look at it, all right? So first, let's go to, if you will, uh, let's go uh, to Luke chapter 10 talking about conflict sometimes can happen in the home that seems to be the hardest place to experience conflict because your home is a haven of rest and when things aren't right at home and it's hard to have things right anywhere else if you're having conflict at home but God's got an answer to every conflict that we face, no matter where it's at, at home. You, you know, I, I, I've known people who have been relatives and they say, you know what? Uh, you're going to Luke uh, chapter 10. We're going to start at, uh, what is that, 38? 38, uh, 38 down to 42. But uh, I've known people at home to say, you know, uh, I, uh, you know I, they, I've known people not to talk to a, a brother or a sister, not to talk to a relative for over 10 years because they had some conflict that was unresolved. I've seen members of my own family and they described to me, they said, they said, I want you to help me resolve this conflict. I need help. I need your help resolving conflict. I said, okay. They tell me a situation that seems like, well, the way they're telling it is, I think this must have happened yesterday. I said, well, now when did this happen? Ten years ago. People hold on to conflict. Some people are like one of my cousins. One of my cousins told me, he said, you know, the way I do it with people, if, 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 uh, if we get crossways one time, if you mess up one time, that's it with me. That's how I deal with people. I, I, cross, I cross them off. And so when, I, when somebody comes crossways at me one time, that's all you get one chance with me, and then I don't want nothing else to do with you. Yeah. And, and people have dysfunctional ways of dealing with conflict, and when there's dysfunction in dealing with conflict, there is the absence of God's peace. And sometimes people ask the Lord of peace, how come I don't have peace? It might be the way you're dealing with conflict. Let's go to the word. We're in Luke uh, chapter 10 at verse 38. As Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he taught. But Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. This is New Living translation. She was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. And she came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come and help me. Now, I can just imagine when I read this story that before she got to the point, Martha, of of asking the Lord to judge the fairness of the situation, to, to, to make Mary help her. I can just imagine the stare downs that Martha was given to Mary. Can you imagine this situation? You know she was staring Mary down. Don't act like you don't see me. Don't act like you don't see me here working. <laughs> but Jesus responded in verse 41, but the Lord said to her, my dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all these details and there's only one thing worth being concerned about and mary has discovered it and it will not be taken away from her yeah that's a powerful story let me say this you know i'll just throw this out there as a before i make any of these points i'm going to make quickly to you look if you're going to resolve conflict one of the one of the greatest things you can do is get away from earshot of anybody else you, you ought to decide you're not going to have conflict in front of other people. Brother won't get no amen teaching like that. You ought to decide. If you're you, you having conflicts, you need to get away. Get away. Don't let people hear your conflict. Get away. I remember one time my nephew called me several years ago. He said, we raised him and my niece 10 years. And my nephew called me. He said, Uncle Bill... He said, uh, you know, I watched everything in your home while you raised me. I'm so grateful. He said, Uncle Bill, he said, now y'all never had an argument one single time. And I said, no, that's just not true. I don't know where you're getting that from, but I said, I, I always called my nephew son. I said, son, you've been in my home 10 years. That's just not true. Now we didn't fuss a lot uh, at all, but to say we never had an, an argument, never had any conflict, I said, that's just not true. It's just not true. It is just not true. And so he was uh, arguing with, yes, it is true. And uh, so I said, well, well, uh, son, it is not true. And so he said, I lived in your home. I watched everything. I I watched everything in your home, and I know it's true. And I said, well, I don't know what you was watching, but that ain't true. (laughs) It was long after we had hung up before I realized what had happened. We had a rule at home that we never argued in front of anybody else. And whenever there was conflict to be had, we would always say to the kids, hey, listen, we need to go into the other room and talk. We'd smile while we're saying, hey, we need to go in the other room and have a little talk. You guys keep making the popcorn and keep watching the movie. We're going to go have a little talk. We'd be right back. They'd say, okay. We leave smiling, come back smiling. And it wasn't until after I hung up with my nephew that I realized that's the kind of environment that we raised him in. You ought to get away from other people. Stop letting people hear your conflict. And when you're in front of other people, people are not going to engage you in anything constructive to resolve conflict anyway. They're going to be defensive. And, and so make a decision. You know, the word says, of course, you know, your brother offends you. Go to your brother in private. Yeah. Let's read another story. Let's read, a, let's read another story. Go to the book of Acts, chapter 15, if you will. Acts 15. Acts 15 this time, if you will here's a joyous occasion. We're going to read from 36 now, 36 down to 41. We're in Acts 15, talking about conflict, 36 through 41. We all experience conflict. You know why? We live in a fallen world. We, 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 we have a perfect God and he's redeemed us by the blood of the lamb, but we are not perfect people and we live in a fallen world. And therefore we have to, we have to deal with conflict. Yeah. And can I tell you this? Running from conflict will not solve it for you. Some, some people have the ostrich effect where they say, well, I'm just going to put my head in the sand and I don't want to see nothing, hear nothing, know nothing. And, and when, I, when, I, when I get done, then the conflict will go away. No, your conflict is going to be worse. In Acts 15, 36, after some time, Paul said to Barnabas, let's go back and visit each city where we previously preached the word of the Lord to see how the new believers are doing? Barnabas agreed, wanted to take along John Mark, but Paul disagreed strongly. Say, disagreed strongly out loud. Yeah, Paul disagreed strongly since John Mark had deserted them in Pamphylia and had not continued with them on their work. That was back, you know, Acts thirteen five and Acts thirteen thirteen, where all that happened. Um, verse uh, thirty nine. Their disagreement was so sharp. that they separated. Barnabas took John Mark with him and sailed to Cyprus. Paul chose Silas and he left. The believers entrusted him to the Lord's gracious care. And then he traveled throughout Syria, Cilicia, strengthening the churches there. Wow. Here, the scripture gives us conflict between Barnabas and Paul, traveling companions, ministry partners, had both risked their life for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Both Barnabas and Paul sent out by the Holy Ghost, Acts 13, 1 through 4. It was the Holy Ghost who sent them out on that first mission trip. Oh, man. And they, they, they risked their lives for one another. And yet they experienced conflict, sharp disagreements. They split up and went different ways. And this conflict was resolved, but they had conflict. Don't turn to Galatians chapter 2, but you can go to Galatians chapter 2 and see uh, Paul in conflict with Peter. Paul getting in Peter's face, calling him a hypocrite to his face. In the early days of the church and and as things were being established and as they were discovering how does a person really come to Christ? Is it just faith in Jesus alone by the grace of God or do they have to follow some type of Mosaic law? And the church was figuring that out about 49 AD when Galatians was written, very early on. And, but they had conflict in those early days. Now they did resolve it. Acts 15, they resolved it uh, powerfully, peacefully. But, but before they had the council at Jerusalem, there was some conflict. Yeah. And then one more, and then we'll talk about this and share. spend our remaining time talking about some principles of conflict resolution, if you will. Uh, 2 Samuel this time, 2 Samuel chapter six. How many know where I'm going here? 2 Samuel chapter six, and we'll start here at uh, verse 16. And uh, 16, we'll read 16, and then uh, we'll skip down and read 20. Uh, uh, through 22. We'll read 16 and then 20 through 22. I'm in second Samuel chapter six. But as the ark of the Lord entered the city of David, Michal, the daughter of Saul looked down from her window. And when she saw King David leaping, dancing before the Lord, she was filled with contempt for him. Verse 20. When David returned home to bless his own family, Michal, the daughter of Saul, came out to meet him. And she said, in disgust, how distinguished the king of Israel looked today, shamelessly exposing himself to the servant girls like any vulgar person might do. And David retorted to Michal, I was dancing before the Lord who chose me above your father and all his family. And he appointed me as the leader of Israel, the people of the Lord. And so I celebrate before the Lord. And yes, I'm willing to look even more foolish than this, even to be humiliated in my own eyes. But those servant girls you mentioned will indeed think I'm, I am distinguished. Yeah. David, after such a triumphant occasion, bringing the ark back into the city of David and celebrating, giving out cakes of raisins and bread to each member who was out there celebrating danced before the Lord with all of his might. And then when he got home, there was conflict. And over in Proverbs, it says it's better to dwell on the corner of a roof than with a contentious, quarreling, nagging woman. But a lot of time, that woman wouldn't be nagging if the man would just keep his word and whatever they were talking about. But I'm going to leave that alone. I'm going to go on here. I don't want no conflict with y'all. I want peace. I want peace with the audience tonight. Conflict. Conflict in ministry we saw there in Acts 15. Here, conflict in the home, 2 Samuel chapter 6. And yet we saw conflict uh, between two sisters over there in Luke chapter 10. So let me give you a few principles the Lord's laid on our heart about resolving conflict tonight. Uh, Number one, as it concerns uh, Luke 10, go back to Luke 10, look at, look at that story again real briefly. And let me just give you three, I'm going to give you three points, conflict resolution based on Luke 10 here. Okay. We read Luke 10, we read down there, 38 down to 42. Um, But here, here's, here's a great point of conflict resolution. Number one, talk to God about men before you talk to men about conflict. But before you go and enter into conflict with somebody, spend some time with the Lord the Lord to help you ask the Lord to touch you and change you before you just dive headlong into a pool of conflict it'd be better to get alone with the Lord for a few moments and 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 say Lord it doesn't look like things are going right it doesn't look like th- look like things are are, are are you know kind of building up here so I, I want to remind myself that you are my Lord I want to submit myself to you some people when they have conflict, you know what they do? They just yield them. They just they they just have a fit of carnality. They just yield themselves to the flesh and they don't care what happens after that. And it takes so much time to try to resolve that. Talk to God about men. When I say men, I mean men and women. Talk to God about men before you talk to men or women in conflict. Yeah. Talk to God about it first. When you do that, God can oftentimes speak to you ahead of time. God can give you a course correction. God can help you in any number of ways. I say so often to husbands and wives in teaching marriage counseling that a great principle is, listen, when you see there's going to be conflict between a hubby and a wifey, then listen, you ought to stop and pray before the conflict breaks out. Stop and remind yourself. Because see, when you stop and pray before you have conflict... You're reminding yourself, a husband will remind himself, that's God's daughter I'm talking to. And, and he ain't going to take kindly to me talking to her just any old kind of way. I know a brother ain't going to get no male amens over here, so I'll just take the female amens. That's all right. I'll just put up with that for now. That's God's daughter. And a lot of times when you say, Lord, help me now, we're about to have confidence. The Lord can remind you, wait a minute now, don't say that. Wait a minute now, don't do that. mm Sometimes, when you yield yourself, the Lord can say, "Hey, you're wrong. You just need to repent over here." And can I say this? When, when it's time to repent, don't try to buy the person off in lieu of real repentance, in lieu of saying, "I'm sorry." You know, some people, when it's time to say, "I'm sorry," they say, "Well, I'll take you out to dinner." But that dinner's not going to taste half as good as if you had just said the two magic words, "I am," "I'm sorry," "I'm sorry." And then take the person out to dinner. <laughs> oh, we're talking about conflict tonight. Secondly, first, talk to God. Talk to God. Because he can say, he can correct you. He can give you course correction. He can help you in measurement. Second, when things seem unfair, walk in the footsteps of Jesus. Go with me to 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2. When things seem unfair to you, when you feel like somebody's treating you unfair, when you feel like Martha... Lord, she said, don't, don't, isn't this unfair? Don't you see the unfairness and the inequity of this situation that Mary's going to sit right there while I'm doing all the work? Don't you see how unfairly I'm being treated? Yes, 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 yes. First Peter chapter 2, down at verse 21. First Peter 2, 21. For God called you to do good. Even if it means suffering just as Jesus suffered. Just as Jesus suffered for you. He is your example, and you must follow in his steps. What are his steps? Where are his steps? Somebody said, if I could see Jesus' steps, I'd follow that. I don't know no steps. Where are the steps? Let's keep reading. Here are his steps. He never sinned. He never deceived anyone. He did not retaliate when he was insulted. He nor threatened revenge when he suffered. He left his case in the hands of God who always judges fairly. Oh, wow. So that means that Christ did not use insults. He did not give way to revenge. He did not retaliate against people. So what are his footsteps? His footsteps are to walk in love. And, and when we face conflict, we have to ask ourselves, okay, the, the footsteps of Jesus are to walk in. When they were crucifying him, what was he saying? Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. What did Stephen say? What did Stephen say in Acts chapter 7, 54? He said, he said, Father, don't hold this sin against they, They're stoning him to death. But he's walking in Christ's footsteps. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. In each case, Jesus extended forgiveness before it was asked for or before it was even deserved from a human point of perspective. And Stephen did the same thing. He extended forgiveness before it was asked for. They're stoning him before it was even deserved. If you're going to resolve conflict, you're going to have to learn how to walk in love, which means walking in forgiveness. What did Jesus do? He entrusted his case to the father. So he was saying, in effect, they're, they're mocking him. He's, here it is, the creator, Colossians 1.18, the creator is being mocked and crucified by the creation. It can't get any more unjust than that. But Jesus turned the inequity of that situation over to the father who judges all things fairly. He gave that case over to the father. You handle this. And he walked in love. And when you have conflict and you feel like something's not right, listen, turn it over to God. Let God handle it. Talk to God about men. When things seem unfair, follow in the footsteps of Jesus. That means walk in love and leave your case in the hands of God. Let's go to our other story, Acts 15. Turn to Acts 15 real quick. We're talking about conflict resolution tonight. Acts, Acts 15. Oh, my. Paul and Barnabas had some conflict over John Mark. Let me say this. If you're having conflict, here's a principle. Watch your mouth. I'm sure I won't get one amen. Sister Joyce, I thank you for that one amen I hear. I hear echoing off the... Off the no, no. Listen. Uh, watch your mouth. We have to watch our mouth. Don't just say anything you want to say. Look at James chapter three, go to James chapter three, starting at verse six, turn there real quick. James three, verse six, James three, verse six. You have to watch your mouth. Don't just, don't just spew out anything that comes to your mind. You're not going to resolve conflict just saying things that come to your mind, fleshly things. James 3, verse 6, and, and among all the parts of the body, the tongue is a flame of fire. It's a whole world of wickedness, corrupting the entire body. It can set your whole life on fire. It's set on fire by hell itself. People can tame all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and fish, but no one can tame the tongue. It's restless and evil, full of deadly poison. Talking about an unsubmitted tongue, right? An unyielded tongue. Yeah. Proverbs sixteen twenty four says this. Proverbs 16 and 24. It says, kind words are like honey, sweet to the soul and healthy for the body. Yeah. The power of kind words. You have to watch your tongue. When you get into conflict, the best thing you can do is speak kind words. Proverbs 15, verse 1. Proverbs 15, verse 1, a gentle answer deflects anger, but harsh words make tempers flare. Yeah. The tone of your voice is so critically important. You want to resolve conflict? Don't just watch what you say. Watch the tone with which you say it. Proverbs 15, verse 4, gentle words are a tree of life. A deceitful tongue crushes the spirit. So what do we say there? Watch your mouth. You got to watch your mouth. Secondly, secondly, you're going to resolve conflict. Actively listen. Learn how to actively listen. By actively listen, I mean, you should be able, when when you're talking to another person and you're not disagreeing, when that person finishes speaking, you should be able to say to that person, if you're actively listening, you should be able to say, if I understand you correctly, this is what you just told me. You know what most people do? Most people are formulating their answer. So they're in conflict with someone. The other person is speaking, and they're not listening. They're just passively listening. They're making up their own. I'm saying when they, when I, they get when they get done, I'm going to say this, and I'm going to say that. And I'm going to tell them. This. I'm going to give them a piece of my mind. I'm going to tell them this. I'm going to show them this over here, and the word over here. And I'm going to ask God to strike them by lightning. And I'm going to get over there, and I'm going to show them all that. <laughs> and when they get done, you don't know what they said. But, but when you actively listen, you shut your mind down so that you can listen and hear and then repeat what it is you think they're trying to tell you. Watch your mouth. Actively listen. Proverbs 12, 15 says this. Fools think their own way is right, but the wise listen to others. That was Proverbs 12, 15. Proverbs 15, 31 says, If you listen to constructive criticism, you will be at home among the wise. Yeah. Thirdly here, watch your mouth, including watch your tone of voice, right? Actively listen. Thirdly, here, control your anger. Control your anger. Proverbs 15:18, a hot a hot-tempered person starts fights. A cool-tempered person stops them. Over in Ephesians 4:25, Ephesians 4:25, it says this. So stop telling lies. Let us tell our neighbors the truth. For we are all parts of the same body. And don't sin by letting your anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you are still angry. Verse 27, for anger gives a foothold to the devil. Uh Uh-oh. Yeah. Watch your mouth. Actively listen control your anger finally and our story our final story was with second samuel chapter six david his wife me call. listen let me offer this as a point of conflict resolution seek to diffuse the situation some people you know what i mean some people always escalate a situation conflict is starting there's a tension starting to build and some people just say the wrong words they hit the wrong button they say all the wrong stuff it's like, it's like the person they're in conflict with, their, their, their wife their, or their husband, they're out there on the ledge and they're about to jump off in the flesh. The, person's, the other person's about to go, they're about to get, they're about to get in the flesh. And, and the other person, instead of diffusing the situation, they just kick them right off. <laughs> we, we ought to seek to diffuse situations, not escalate them. A person who's under the control of the Holy Ghost is not going to escalate something like that. Proverbs 17:14 says this, starting a quarrel is like opening a floodgate. So stop a dispute before it breaks out. So stop before a dispute breaks out. Starting a quarrel is like opening a floodgate. So stop before a dispute breaks out. That was Proverbs 17:14. Proverb, I mean, Ephesians 4.15. Ephesians 4.15 says, Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way, more and more like Christ. Here's a second point, a second point. Try to understand things from the other person's point of view. Sometimes we're so opinionated, we're so engrossed in our own opinions, in our own thoughts, that we must be right. And if you're going to resolve conflict, you're going to have to consider the fact that you might be wrong. And you're going to have to consider the fact that you both could be right in your perspective. Try to understand things from the other person's point of view. Proverbs 18 2 says this Fools have no interest in understanding, they only want their own opinions, they only want to air their own opinions. Fools have no interest in understanding. They only want to air their own opinions. Proverbs 18, 2. Finally, tonight in this area of conflict and marriage conflict in the home, let me just say this. One way, another important principle to resolve conflict, don't forget to show honor. Don't forget to honor your spouse. You, you can disagree with your spouse without being dishonorable to your spouse. I won't get an amen there. But over in 1 Peter, over in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7, Peter writing under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, writing to men about resolving conflict and keeping things peaceful with sweetie, he says in verse 7, in the same way you husbands must give what? Honor to your wives. Give her honor. Yeah. And that means even if you disagree with her, you don't have to be disagreeable towards her. That means you, you might disagree, but you can still walk in love toward her. You might disagree, but you can still be a covering over her in love. You might disagree, but you can still make her breakfast. I ain't going to get no amen over here. You might, you might disagree, but you could still wash the dishes. Got a weak amen over there. One of my precious friends, couple, a couple, they told me one time they were, they were in the car having conflict, and they said that, um, uh, she said, I said something to him that was really mean. And when I said it, I thought, uh-oh, I shouldn't have said that. He's going to get me back now. And he said, when she said that, that hurt me so bad. And he said, uh, oh, I was gone. You know, just let her have it. He said, but I started thinking about the Lord and thinking about what love would do and thinking about my own actions. And, and the Lord was saying, don't say it. Don't say that. Don't you say that. Don't you say that. And so he said, I held on to those ugly words I was going to say. And he said, we got home. And she said, oh, I knew he was going to let me have it. And she said, uh, but he didn't say anything when he got out the car. And so he said, he said, well, I wanted to let her have it. But the Lord said, don't you say it. He said, so I started thinking, what would love do in this situation? I'm hurt. I don't like what she said. And he said, what would love do? And so he said, um, he said, I just can't stand washing dishes. That's what he told me. He said, I, one thing, he said, I'll help out. He said, I'll clean the bathroom. He said, I'll mop floors. I'll wash clothes. He said, but I, one thing I don't like, I do not like washing dishes. And he said, when we opened up the door to the house and he said, I, I was asking myself, what would love do? And he said, I f- saw a pile of dishes in the sink. And he went over there and started washing those dishes. And she said, I know he hates to wash dishes. And she said, when I saw him go over there and wash those dishes, she said, I just ran over there and said, Please forgive me, please forgive me. I never should have said that. I never should have said that. (laughs) Show honor. Even when you disagree, you can show honor. You can show your man, uh, you can show him admiration, and you can show your lady affection, most especially when you disagree with him. Let me say this in close. You know, uh, Joseph was a man who knew something about being treated unfairly. He knew something about unjust treatment. In Genesis 50, verse 20, he told his brothers who had done him so dirty. He said, what you intended to harm me, God, he turned it around for my good. And if we'll respond according to the word and say, speak according to the word, walk in love, God will enable us to to resolve conflict. It's not easy. Sometimes we have to get away out of earshot of other people. Sometimes we have to ask a brother or sister, what did I do to hurt you or if I offended you? Can we talk about it? God wants us to live at peace. Psalm 133 again, the Lord says that those who dwell in unity... Blessed are those who dwell in unity. How good, how pleasant it is when brothers and sisters, husbands and wives dwell together in unity. Let's pray. Father, we've endeavored tonight to share what I believe you laid on my heart. When I ask you, Lord, what should we share tonight? With every head bowed, you're just being honest to God here. Nobody's looking around. Every head is bowed. How many of you would, I'm not asking you to come down here. I'm not asking you to stand. How many of you would raise your hand, go on record and say, I've got some conflict I need to resolve. There's conflict with somebody somewhere in my life. and I've, I need to have that. I need to resolve that. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Amen. I see. You can put your hands down. Praise God. Father, you see honest hearts uh, and hands that were, that were lifted. Everybody can put their hands down. Father, thank you for helping people and healing people every place they hurt. In Jesus' name, amen. Tonight, if you need something from God, you want to be born again, filled with the Spirit, uh, you want someone to agree with you in prayer, you want a, some prayer, somebody to agree with you in prayer for somebody you've had a conflict with, well, come down here. Men, come to the men. Ladies, come to the ladies. That's all we ask. Don't leave. In a moment, as we dismiss, we just want you to come forward. Our prayer partners down here are anointed. They will pray with you. You won't leave like you came. You want to be born again? You can do that. Come right, come forward. You want to be filled with the Holy Ghost? They to speak another? Come forward. You can do that. I want I want somebody just to agree with you in prayer? Come on forward. You can do that. Don't let conflict exist. The Bible says this: as far as it depends on you, be at peace with everybody. God expects us to take every opportunity to cross every bridge to resolve conflict. And when we do, his favor will abound in our lives. My friend, we want you to be right here Sunday morning. They're in the uh, nine o'clock. It's the school of Bible hour and then a mighty, mighty word from from pastor. So you be right here and, and uh, it'll be a great, great word and we're gonna have a great time in Jesus. Until then, you go safely, but don't let any conflict exist. Ask the Lord to help you and he'll cause your days to be peaceful all right anything else we didn't forget if you're a first-time guest then we've got a great gift uh for you and we want to thank you let's thank all of our first-time guests for coming again all right so all right bless you one and all you are dismissed praise god